You, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Nineteen hundred years separate us from the persecuted communities Peter addresses in 1 Peter. And the distance is in experience as much as in centuries because of the challenges they faced as aliens and strangers in the Roman Empire, a church persecuted to the point of death, a death Peter himself paced probably not so many years after he penned this letter. Unlike so many of our brothers and sisters around the world, most Christians in Western democracy live relatively safe lives. Yet Peter's words apply to us today because we are too often confused about how to live holy lives in a culture that has become increasingly unholy according to the biblical standards of moral conduct and is often openly hostile to Christian beliefs. My hope this morning is that in a deeper examination of Peter's words of hope to his congregations, his words will resonate and give us hope and direction also. Peter begins this portion of his letter with exhortations to live exemplary personal lives by avoiding malice, guile, and envy. But importantly, he quickly moves on to examine how to do this from the point of view of our relationship to God, focusing on the church's identity in Christ as God's holy people. Come to him, he invites, the living stone, so that you will become the spiritual house of God. These communities Peter was addressing were most likely composed of Gentiles, those who once stood outside the covenant, but now were given an identity as God's holy people by being incorporated into the covenant of Israel. To this audience, Peter draws on the prophetic texts of the Old Testament, Isaiah and Hosea, as well as the Psalms, to describe this new covenant community. Therefore, Peter describes the living stones of Isaiah 28 as those who believe and have not rejected Christ as the chief cornerstone. To emphasize their engrafting into the covenant of God made with Israel, he refers to the prophecy given to Hosea, who was told to name his children with names that meant not loved and not my people. Yet as God also promises in Hosea, he will he will make his people who embrace his mercy, the new Israel, under one royal head as a royal priesthood. The references to a royal priesthood point to the temple theology of the Old Testament also, where those of the Levitical tribe were chosen to be intermediaries between God and the people through the offering of sacrifices. Not only is there no longer a need for intermediaries between God and his people, as Christ has offered the ultimate sacrifice, the temple is also no longer a physical building where God has a special dwelling, but that dwelling is now in the hearts of those who are God's own people. And although Christians individually enjoy the privilege of access to God, the church is made up of people who are together the priesthood of God. Understanding ourselves as the priesthood of all believers should empower us to serve each other. For Peter, the spiritual sacrifice we offer uh, offer in holiness of life is mutual love and service to each other. 
So it is important to understand here that while Peter admonishes individuals to take personal responsibility for their choices and behavior, he is not primarily concerned with individuals here, but with the church. Thus, these four terms, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, do not describe individual Christians, but the community of those who comprise the church itself. In the culture of the first century, this would not need to be said, as people placed their identity more strongly with the group they were part of. Self-understanding was not related to who they were uniquely or how they were individuals, but who they were in relatedness to each other. So often we take Peter's words here as an application to personal piety rather than the expression of our corporate life together. I think it is too easy to be concerned only about our own personal spirituality and our reputations rather than, being, rather than the well-being and the reputation of the church. Too often it is easy for us to criticize the church because we as individuals have individuated ourselves apart from it. We can become focused with only with our personal holiness rather than serving in the ways in which we can help our community exemplify the values that Peter refers to. This is why Peter says, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. It is not something we individually do, but Christ is the one who builds his house, the church, who forms us into a worshiping people, who can bring the message of salvation to the world, and in Peter's word, to, pro to proclaim the mighty acts of him who has called us out of darkness into his life. And I do pray that we will be a community that urges each other more deeply into our thirst for God and more deeply into active involvement in this congregation. As Peter exhorts his congregation to understand their corporate identity inside their relationship to Christ, he first explains how this will happen. He says we must deepen and strengthen our relationship to Christ by longing for pure spiritual milk. When Peter says we are to be like newborn infants longing for spiritual milk, I don't think Peter is addressing newbie Christians here to move into deeper doctrines of the Christian faith as it is often interpreted. Rather, I think Peter is inviting all of us into a relationship with God that might be measured by the intensity of our desire for true spiritual milk as an infant desires his mother's milk. And this is an analogy I as a mother can understand. For babies come into the world hungry. Their first taste of the fore milk is sweet, but they naturally long for the more thicker breast milk that will come in a few days later. And speaking from experience here, babies often need help. But the baby's natural desire for the milk means that the baby will work hard for that milk to come that will nourish them so they may grow. Peter's illusion is similar. The degree of our hunger and desire for God is what shapes our growth into holiness. And that perfect first milk, like the infants, whets our desire for more. If we indeed have tasted that the Lord is good. 
we just sang one of my very favorite hymns where we talk about desiring God, thou and thou only, first in my heart, high king of heaven, my treasure, my, my thou art, heart of my heart, whatever befall, still be my vision, O ruler of all. So when I hear these words, taste and see the Lord is good, I can't help but also think of the nourishment we receive in the Eucharist. The Eucharist is one of the prime places where we taste and see that the Lord is good. We are fed as individuals, but the Eucharist is also what draws us into that connection with each other as a Eucharistic community. In our mutual feeding upon the body and blood of Christ, we are at the same time becoming his church. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 10, 17, that because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. Here Paul makes a strong identification between the bread, Christ's body, and the church. The significance of the one loaf is placed against the need for the church to be united as one body, and when those who are partake of this one loaf, they become that one body. In other words, in the Eucharist, the church becomes the church. I have been helped in my understanding of this through the writings of the Orthodox priest, Alexander Shemaman. He understood that we are, we are constitute, constituted as the church through our participation in the Eucharist. The Eucharist, he wrote, is the eternal actualization of the church as the body of Christ. In the Eucharist, we come to Christ, the living stone, so that living stones, we are built into a spiritual house. So come to the table this morning, this table that has been enveloped in the incense of our prayers, and come and taste and see that the Lord is good. I always and I'm, forgive me if I've told this story before, but I like to think always about my first, my second grandson's baptism. And when he came forward with his mother after he had been baptized to receive his first Eucharist, he held out his hand, his little hand, and put the bread into his mouth and looked at me and said, wow. <laughs> May we have that wow when we come to the table this morning. So pursuing holiness can be an alienating pursuit from our culture, as it was for those churches who received Peter's message. Peter is appealing to the churches of his flock not to underestimate the pull of culture by creating a counterculture in their lives as members of the body of Christ. I truly desire that all souls becomes that community in which we find a mutual desire to deepen our relationship with God together with corporate spiritual practices, such as praying the office together, studying the Bible together, taking retreats together, gathering in small groups to share our lives with each other, that we might delight with each other in our worship as we come to the table each Sunday morning. The pull and threat of our secular culture is strong, just as it was in the time of Peter's letter. Therefore, 
We must build a culture within our Christian community that is stronger. And for this, I actually want you to read again the mission that we have put together for our church that is always on the front of your insert each Sunday. All Souls Anglican Church is a Christian community grounded in God's love, made manifest in scripture, sacrament, and the riches of the Anglican tradition. We follow the way of Jesus as we worship and pray, celebrate and mourn, inquire and learn, nurture our children, and care for each other. We carry the good news of Christ's resurrection as we extend ourselves in love to a world longing for the deep peace of God. We don't always get everything right, and we don't always agree about everything, but we walk together in love on the journey of faith as Christ has loved us. May Christ bless and build us into his living stones, connected all together to become his spiritual house. Amen.